You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. All right, guys, we've got some interesting stuff coming up on CarCast. We're going to talk about getting the Lightning back and uh, and uh, what we think about it, just the initial run so far. So we got that and a bunch more stuff to talk about. But right now, GEICO is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's 15% on top of the money GEICO could already be saving you. So what are you waiting for? You could be saving money, too. There's never been a better time to switch to GEICO. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Just visit GEICO.com to learn more. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator. DeAndrea here with Bill Goldberg. How you doing? I'm jamming, man, but I'm not as happy as you are because <laughs> I didn't just take delivery of one of my vehicles. Mere minutes ago. Mere minutes ago. I'll tell you guys about that. Finally picked up the... Uh Picked up the Ford Lightning with the latest rounds of modifications, but uh, before we get started, it's uh, it's time for Dodge Power Dollars. That means for each horsepower, you get $10 off your purchase of a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. So come on in for Dodge Power Dollars today for a pretty sweet deal. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, it's, it's interesting. Not, not a ton of new car news going on right now, but uh, uh, so I wanted to go and, and pick up the truck. As you guys know, just a little recap is, uh, you know, I took the Ford Lightning in. I'm taking it in, getting some stuff done, bringing it back, driving it, working, you know, instead of just taking a project off the road. Uh, Bill, you understand this. You, you you take a big build like that. It sits for months, maybe a year. And you're just trying to get updates. But especially when it's out of state, you can't even see it. You can't even visit it. You can't figure out what's, you know, what's really going on. There's a good and a bad part of that. But. Yeah, there is. So, you know, like like the Mustang Cobra that I have, I wanted to do so much of that work myself. Uh, you know, life gets in the way. Time gets in the way. Um, you know, I, I find now there's been so much uh, – so much, so many changes in the shop over here and we're moving to the new building at, at, at some point. But that was tied up in permits and now there's just – pallets of stuff like wrapped up in cellophane and it's tough to find tools i went in a couple weeks ago to work on the mustang and i spent way more time just looking for tools than i did anything else we just don't have anything there like sean obviously has his box which rightfully so nobody likes to touch other people's tools right so he's got his box huge hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff all locked up and uh i have some tools um, and then we have sort of a sort of a grab all box of tools. Like if you're going to the track, you can grab some stuff out of there, throw it in the mobile box, and you know because we had done a track day, and then the mobile box didn't get emptied, and that's locked away someplace. Anyway, it's 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 kind of a mess. So, uh, so for the lightning, I have done a lot of the work. Uh, myself on the vehicle, um, you know, mostly on the interior stuff, certainly stripping the interior and all the hush mat and all that stuff. Uh, and uh, and redoing a few things, the Tanu cover and stuff. But um, but uh, going back and forth with our friends over at Galpin Autosports on getting some things done. They installed the suspension, then I brought it back, and then I did some 
changes to the supercharger and swapped it out and sent it out for the rebuild and brought it back. And um, the latest round was the steering. I wanted to improve the steering and I wanted to attempt the fix the vehicle speed sensor that's mounted. It's not on the transmission like a lot of vehicles. It's mounted in the rear Did axle housing. <laughs> right. So, uh, <clears throat> yes and no. This is where we're at. Oh, is fuck. is in regards to the speed sensor. Uh, the guys did everything. They put the tone ring in the, uh, you know, on, on the differential, uh, and put the sensor in the housing. And before they, they sealed it all up, they, they made sure that the gap between the, basically the magnet on the sensor and the tone ring was, was perfect. And, uh, they can, you know, you can, you can basically see it while it's in there. Uh, they put it together, and the ABS light was still on, and then uh, they said the speedometer's still wiggling a little bit. And I said, all right, well, look, uh, if mechanically you think everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be, everything is to spec mechanically, then it could be some sort of computer issue. I said, so don't worry about it for now because we're going to do the engine swap and the transmission swap. But So they said, hey, we just can't figure it figure it out uh, without like getting into the computer or something. And I said, no problem. If mechanically you got it, then don't worry about it. And uh, they said, fine. And then um, they delivered the truck to me uh, with the ABS light on. And I tell you, I, I just drove it here and doing the, you know, 20 miles or something on the freeway and getting it up to speed, I think was in getting it close enough to, to put some miles on it so the computer can relearn what's going on. And as frustrated as they were with the ABS light on, it went off and stayed off so far. It's off. (laughs) Now, (laughs) so that's good. That's good for two reasons. One is when the ABS light is on, the rear ABS doesn't work. So right now it should work. So good, a little bit safer, you know. Uh, And two the shifting of the transmission, which is controlled by a board on the back of the gauges, which is controlled by the the vehicle speed sensor, the VSS, it seems to be good. It seems to be on point. Now, the little wavy speedometer needle that's going on that oftentimes has to do with the distance between the sensor and the tone ring, it it does get crazy up in that 80-mile, 70-mile-an-hour range. So um, I'm less concerned with that. If the ABS light is off and the shift points are hitting, I'm less concerned with the speedometer thing. I can use a GPS on my phone. I could not care. It's just whatever, right? Um, So, so far, that seems good. Now, of course, when they rebuilt the rear end for me, I had them upgrade to the Mark William axles. And I measured that goddamn thing two or three times. And I was like, uh, you know, if it's a hair long or a hair short, we can work around it. Um, and uh, and it, it worked out fine. It wasn't 100% bolt in. It, uh, I guess it was a hair long. And what it did was it wasn't making a real difference in the axle housing and all that stuff or even how it's spacing the wheels. All it did was move the brake, move the brakes uh, uh, slightly, and that was pushing on them. They were skewed a little bit, so we had a machine t- 
tiny spacers just for getting the break caliber. Look, if that's all we had to do, that's a win in my book. So now we've got that rear end buttoned up. I've got the Eaton Posi differential in it. I've got the new tone ring. Got the 355 gears that are all brand new. Got brand new Mark William axles in it. But how's the steering? Okay, so the steering uh, is is good. So what we ended up doing was the idea was to get a, a steering box from Flaming River. That was a really quick 12 to 1 ratio. Uh, cut the frame, do our own mounting, and make it work. What we realized was this has a reverse box in it. The Ford is a reverse box. Um, so the Pitman arm basically pushes forward instead of rear. Uh, I believe it's forward. I got to look at that again. Um, and, well, the steering linkage is in front of the box, not behind. So it it the box and the Pitman arm are where you would normally see it. But instead of bolting to the, the back of the Pitman arm, bolts to the front, which reverses the steering. So when we put the box in, you would turn the wheel left and the car would go right. So – uh, there was no way to fix that. There was no reverse gear set for that uh, for Flaming River for the 12 to 1. So we reached out to all the locals out here. There's a group called Lee's Power Steering. Um, they custom made a box for us. It is a pretty conventional GM box. Uh, they They valved it. Basically, to street spec, street performance specs, the weight of the vehicle and whatever. So that part's good. Uh, it bolted in exactly where the GM uh, Flaming River box was. That, that was not the issue. Uh, but they they don't have a 12-to-1 reverse gear set. They only have a 14-to-1, which was fine. We were at like 16 or something, 16-and-a-half or whatever stock. So um, I wanted it to go to be tighter. Now – we didn't want to cut up the whole front end and do a rack and pinion steering and, and like you'd have to hold, do a whole new suspension and everything for it. That could be something we can do down the line. Who knows? I wanted to find an easier solution. So uh, the new box is in. They made some new power steering lines for it. They put a new cooler on it. Uh, and then the steering shaft, which the Ford shaft is a collapsible piece with a rag joint on the end. And with the weight of the truck and the performance driving, the rag joint would wear very, very quickly. Um, so I brought them a a Flaming River universal collapsible solid steel shaft with two new U-joints. And I said, let's see if we can make this work. I think I got it specced out to the right spline counts at the firewall and the, steer- and the steering box. Let's see if we can work, make it work. You're going to have to cut the ends. You know, you basically get the uh, the collapsible portion in the center, and then you cut the ends to length. And I said, if it doesn't work, I did buy a new stock uh, a steering shaft, right? So you could use it. It's got the rag joint. Maybe somewhere down the road, you can switch the rubber joint to a urethane joint or something. But I said, if we get the steering solid shaft to work, went in no problem. Uh, that was fine. So now I've got a brand new steering box. I've got 14 to 1 ratio. I've got a solid steering shaft. Uh, and it is fantastic. Driving it on the way here, I'll, so much of that slop is out. It's not completely gone just because of the the antiquated steering setup with the really long arms and this and that. But, oh, my God, what a, what a difference. Comparatively, I bet it's night and day. It's like when I just got my truck. 
Yeah, it's it's really it really is. And now what you're going to feel is a little bit more of the road through that solid shaft, right? There's no, you know, honestly, a lot of that I think would be as I make revisions to the suspension, maybe going to a coilover, adjusting the shocks and things like that. Everything is non-adjustable right now. It's all going to affect. Right. I really think I can improve on that a little bit, but what a night and day difference. So, um, would I recommend anybody do this and pay attention, Mr. Stone Cold Steve Austin, because he's been following no. for his yeah. Bronco. Go the I, other route, man. I would say, no, don't do it the way I did it. Don't go to this box. Um, one, I do like the solid steering shaft, not for everybody, but I do like it. Um, it it's giving me the feedback and the performance that I want. Mm-hmm. I would find out from Lee's or somebody else if you can rebuild the stock Ford box to a quicker 14 to 1 ratio. I don't remember. I remember when I called around, everybody was telling me, no, you can't. They don't even make that gear set. But I think I was calling around and asking for 12 to 1 because I wanted the original Flaming River spec 12 to 1. And everyone was telling me, no, I don't remember if they said you can get 14 to 1, right? If you can get a gear set for that Ford box, 14 to 1, that's your solution. Take the stock. Save the headache. Oh, my God. No cutting the frame, anything. And because I couldn't get 12 to 1 anyway, if you can rebuild the box to 14 to 1, just take off the stock steering box. It's pretty simple. Uh, you don't have to change any of the lines and the and the cooler. It's not really like a cooler. It's just got like a squiggly line, like an S shaped line, and 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 it's kind of in the path of air, and it's sort of their 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 power steering cooler. If you can get the box rebuilt fourteen to one, I say do it, and then that'll help. And then step two would be while you're in there, at least replace the rag joint. I would see if you can find a a urethane rag joint. Somebody like Prothane or Energy Suspension probably makes a universal urethane rag joint. And I think what you'll get is you'll split the difference. You'll get a little bit more feedback, a little bit more vibration, but it won't wear nearly as quickly and it'll feel much tighter in the suspension. So instead of spending thousands of dollars like I did R&Ding this, I would say just try to rebuild the box you have maybe uh, the solid searing shaft or the uh, urethane rag joint, and you'll be you'll be happy with what it is. And if you're just driving around like Steve does in his Bronco and he's around town or whatever, it'd be fantastic. He's not going to drop the truck or swap the engine or build a thousand horsepower or, you know what I'm saying? So he doesn't need this road racing suspension. Look, did I would, he pay you to be his case study over these past three months? No, but every time I post something, he's Man. I get a text or a phone. He's like, I'm keeping an eye on what you're doing. Well, listen, Mike Musto, uh, he's doing the same thing. He's very interested with his Bronco. He's got a gorgeous Bronco. And I'm telling you guys, uh, I would just try to rebuild the box. If you can't rebuild the box, you can do what I did. Um, I just don't know that it's the most effective solution. Uh, you you might want to just make the jump to a whole new suspension. And I've looked around everywhere uh, for bolt-on suspension kits, front and rear, and, and all that stuff. There isn't really anything out there. Uh, but there's a shop in Arizona. Um, I forgot the uh, the name of it. Like It's like, I don't know, 
fat tire fabrication or fat man, something, fat something or other. And I spoke to the guys a little bit, just an email, and they say, hey, we have a four-link coilover conversion with a with a notch frame kit. It, it, it doesn't require a whole tub kit, whatever. It just notches the frame just enough that you won't be bottoming out. Like I still have a little bit – when I lowered the truck, it was great, but you, it, there's so – we shorten the suspension travel so much. It just makes it a little bumpy. I have some ideas on how to fix it on what I'm going to do next. But these guys have a four link and I talked to them about a front suspension. They said, we don't have it yet. We are working on it. They make uh, a full frame, um, full, full frame uh, conversion, not conversions, but upgrades for Ford Bronco and a bunch of, you know, Ford F-150s and Ford F-100s. They're all over that truck game. And uh, and they have like a front clip and they have a rear four link and they've done it for almost every generation Ford except for they're this. They're not the wheel, man. Right. So they're going to just take what they've done. He said it's probably going to end up being uh, like a rack and pinion steering conversion and stuff. You can't do the rack and pinion steering conversion on the twin I-beam setup that's in the truck now because there's just too much movement. You would you would just throw off your bump steer uh, uh, pretty pretty drastically and i know you can do that whole um uh like crown vic front end swap but uh uh it's it's not it's not the best so what i was experimenting with was are there some baby steps some smaller easier ways of improving the ride and the handling of a truck like this without cutting off the front end or doing a whole of front end conversion. The answer is yes. You can no, lower right. it. You could you can you can upgrade the steering box, right? There was so much slop in the steering to begin with. Not even just the ratio, just the slop alone. Just by eliminating all of that, it felt like a night and day difference. And then having a little bit quicker ratio uh is 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 huge. I still would have loved to have gone oh, to a yeah. 12 to 1. Right? Uh, or twelve and a half to one. Uh, I would have liked to have seen that, but the 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 next step for me, or the only step beyond this, would be a front end kind of conversion with rack and pin. And I'm sure it would be different. And I know all the guys doing um, uh, autocross and road racing their trucks and stuff. You know, the, all the the C10s and the early Fords and and the guys at Ride Tech and, and QA1, and, and they've all have just like a whole big conversion for it. They just don't have it for this year truck. Um, yeah. But I think it's coming. I think it's coming because these trucks are, are, you know, people are starting to see there's a lot of them out there and they're looking pretty cool. The, the gauge issue with, with the speedometer jumping around is I've gone back and forth a few times with Dakota Digital. Who will can custom make gauges and stuff? I, I've got it in the Mustang. I've used them before, and they can they they have sort of a custom shop that can do this stuff. And it's not something that they offer over the counter because of that board on the back that controls the shifting and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So they would have to. They have a device. Um, I forgot what they call it, but it sort of simulates the feed that. Uh, from uh, from the vehicle speed sensor, and they can put it in there, and it's sort of a patch, right? It sort of clears, you know, cleans up the the signal. But 
I'm having the uh, I'm having the transmission built by Bowler Transmissions. It's a 4L80E GM transmission. We're probably going to run a gear vendors unit on the back. That's going to require a standalone computer, you know, transmission controller, right? So I'm going to take the Ford shifting controlling out of you know from the gauges out of the equation. Okay, that'll help. Right. So now I can control the shifting all on my own with that computer. And then when I put the new engine in, because this is a is not a mass airflow system, it's a speed density system, the fuel injection system in this truck is shit. So when I when I do the big 427 and, and supercharger, I'm going to go to a Holly fuel injection system. So now I'm taking that out of the equation, that standalone itself. So all I have left is the vehicle speed sensor talking to the speedometer and the ABS brakes. If I can get Dakota Digital to make me a brand new gauge cluster and light it up the one I want and font I want and all that stuff, if they have their device that simulates the vehicle speed sensor signal and makes my ABS brakes work, then that's the only thing because now the speedometer is on them. I just run a cable in there. I don't need to do it all electronically and blah, blah, blah. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. So all I need is Dakota Digital to solve the ABS brake issue. Now, I could say, hey, I don't want to run ABS brakes, and I'll just run it like like a racing car with no ABS, which is which is fine. Hell, maybe I can even put a switch on it and go, hey, I want it off, I want it on, depending if I'm going to the track or not, right? <laughs> But uh, <laughs> adding more stuff to go wrong, you know. But if they could solve the issue of of the ABS and the VSS, then it's not a bad idea to just have them. Where are they make, located? Uh, uh, I'm assuming Dakota. <laughs> Dakota uh, Digital. I knew that was a stupid question. Yeah, I, I, I haven't. I, I, I haven't been out to their place or anything like that. So. Um, I don't know, but I've worked with them before. I know a guy over there. They're very nice. Um, they're pretty smart guys. They're they're far more into electronics than they are some of the gauge manufacturers. Why don't you try stuff. to get these guys on the show and you know? Yeah. Uh, let's all learn about it in real time. Yeah, I mean, I, you know I that's I, it's a good idea, and because they're gonna they're gonna I. I talked to them on the phone. I said, hey, let's make a gauge cluster. And like, eh, it's not that easy because that stupid cluster has the board on it, the computer board on it, and, and it controls all this other junk, and, and it, gets, it gets messy and, and whatever. So, listen, mechanically, I'm getting a good feed. We know that. So um, I had my gauge cluster rebuilt. It said it was fine. Um, but – the brand new Ford Motorcraft speed sensor, not some knockoff. Brand new tone ring, gapped perfectly. Mechanically, it's fine, right? And now that the ABS light is off, we'll see how long it lasts. I'll drive it. That t- tells me there's something going on with the gauge cluster and the speedometer, or or the cable, or something like that, right? So that's that's. The least of my worries because if it's shifting well, yeah. right and the brakes work right. So anyway, that's kind of where we are. And uh, uh, I just picked it up this morning before I came here. Um, a lot of trial and error with those uh, with those guys. By the way, the guys at Galpin absolutely nailed it. Uh, there is something to say with uh, with a let's say a customization shop or a hot rod shop that is. Also part of let's 
arguably a billion dollar a year uh, dealership network, you know, the Galpin family of dealers, um, the amount of years they have uh, modifying vehicles, not just Fords, but modifying vehicles. With with this particular instance, uh, yeah, there's always like the one guy that's like, yeah, I've been turning wrenches on Fords for 35 years. I've been Galpin for 27 years. And he goes, I remember working on these trucks when they were new and they would come in and he goes, by the way, when you when you put the sensor in there, uh, you know, the bolt needs to be torqued to a certain spec, which isn't in the manual. And you knew, oh, and you need to use this type of thread lock, you know, well, as opposed to whatever, because, uh, you know, it, it screws up the sensor otherwise or whatever. So it was nice having that guy there, uh, which is good. Um, and, you know, these guys stand behind what they're doing. I told them to drive it, told them to test it. I told them, uh, you know, and, and, and they did. So I think... I think we're in pretty good shape with all of that stuff. Of course, right when you get it, I've been driving different press cars and the Volvo and the Polestar, Polestar and everything else. I got it and I was like, man, this thing rides rough. Why is this thing so loud? <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, I realized it's a 25-year-old truck. Uh, but uh, it's... I pulled the Willys out yesterday. The oh. and a half. I yeah. pulled it out, drove it around the property for the first time. You know, no no uh, emergency brake on it, which makes the hills quite interesting. Yeah, uh, when the thing stalls on you. But man, I'll tell you what, uh, the simplicity of those vehicles. Yeah, when you bring them out. You know, it's a hundred. It's it's I don't know seven eight days of a hundred degrees and above here. So I'm not pulling out any of the old classics. Uh-huh. But this some bitch. This is what this was made for. And taking it out yesterday, man, it just rekindled the fact that these old cars, man, they just don't build them like they used to. They are so much, and they're so easy to freaking work on until you start hanging stuff on them like a, you know, taxi cab. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> funny. They don't build them like they used to, for good or bad. <laughs> Either well, way, well, it's, it, it yeah. is what it is, right? It's just meant, it's it's raw, it's, 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 uh. Uh, it's, it's so simple. Yeah, it's, arc- it's hilarious, but it's it, it's just so much fun. So it brought back that you know that feeling again. Are are you using it just around the property? Is it? It's funny when you pull that thing out. Does that ride better or worse than one of the UTVs you'd run around on the property with? Oh, it rides better. I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's got its advantages and disadvantages for sure. I mean, it's the height getting in there and the things you know built for people such as yourself with the stature of fifteen uh, year olds. Yeah. But um, so so I mean, but you know the tire the, the the normal normal issue tires on the, the the thing will go through anything. Yeah, absolutely anything, and put it in reverse, and you can go through anything. But uh, just the the ease of of entry and exit of the vehicle alone makes it not practical to use out here. Oh right, for what yeah. I'm doing. So I mean, it's more of a tour vehicle around the property. I mean, I don't use it as a workhorse by any stretch of the imagination. Plus the amount of money that I put in the restoration. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's like I say, it's more of a more of a just drive around vehicle. The property. Yeah, uh, it'll be the camera car. There you go. It'll be the camera car. It'll be car. the camera car. I had to lower my truck just so I could get in and out of it. <laughs> exactly. Now I walk up to it. And you need, just, a, you'd need a trampoline to get into this. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. How's the uh, how's the Dodge truck running? The, 
you know, with if the, 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 if the truck's running great. The problem is I can't take it off the property because I lost the title and I can't, and I have to physically be back in California to replace the title. Oh, yeah, Therefore, yeah. yeah. So all that story. So yeah, I, I use it on the property also, but uh, as, as far as uh, R and D and on the highway, I, other than, you know, being chased by the police, which I don't want to, to have happen because it's got a California tag on it. That's expired for three years. So I, I, I'll have to check in later on that. I I've had, I've had the lightning for almost a year now. Cause the, um, the registration just came in the mail. My brother got it in Arizona. Cause you know, I have it registered in Arizona and uh, you know, I didn't do anything special when I, when I, when I registered it, but now I'm like, yeah, now I, I've got it for a while. I know I'm keeping it for a while. I can get, I can get custom plates or personalized plates. And I can pick a color and get it in black or whatever. But doesn't and, that put it in perspective that you've had it for that long? And actually, how long have you driven that vehicle? You know, it, you driven it, that it seems like, so it's still really new to me because I don't have a ton of sea time in it, but I'm thinking back, like right when I got it, I took it apart. I thrashed on that thing. We took it to SEMA. I, you know, we dragged it. Uh, a couple hours north to get it painted and brought it back, and I stripped the interior and did the entire, you know, all the hush mat and the sound deadening layers and the the audio system in it, and had all the custom stuff in the interior. The you know the, the suede on the door panels and and uh, lowered it, and you know took the bed off and painted part of the frame underneath the bed, like all this shit. And these guys when um when they took the rear out. When they took the rear differential out and they were cleaning it up, they were just scraping it with the wire brush going, this is not going to happen. So uh, uh, they know me well enough over there. So uh, uh, Tommy is the general manager. He goes, hey, uh, I walked up and I go, hey, I was like, man, this differential housing looks good. He's like, yeah, it's yours. Uh, it was killing us trying to clean it. So I just sort of made an executive decision, had it sandblasted and powder coated a gloss black. He goes, I didn't think you'd mind. I was like, no, this is a great idea. I was going to ask you anyway. Was 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 doing. It was already back. It was there. It was done. Um, yeah. So already this truck has gone through so much stuff, but it still kind of feels new to me. And, uh, you know, it's something, you know, trying to adjust the seat. And That's I'm going, the yeah. good part and bad part about getting cars worked on, right? Because yeah. it's bad that they're gone for that period of time because you want to drive it, but out of sight, out of mind. You know, if you got another vehicle to drive or, you know, if you got things that are taking up your time, you're not yeah. thinking about a 24 hour stay when it's in front of you, i.e., the lawman, right? Yeah. I oh, yeah. To, I haven't talked to Marcus in a month, right? Yeah. And 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 in all honesty, the car is probably being finished about it, right it now. It looks pretty done. I think just recently he posted something on uh, on his Instagram, and it looked like it was like on the ground, wheels and tires. And but that does me absolutely no good <laughs> because I have nowhere to put it. I know. Right. So I just kind of put it in the back of my mind. And I forget about it so that when I do think about it, it's a positive instead of a negative, right? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's a good and a bad part of, of this car restoring business, hobby, addiction, whatever we got going on. So, oh, sure. Well, we'll look at the other side of it. Speaking of where to put it, uh, uh, you know, we saw we saw the renderings and stuff of the garage, and we, you know, we saw the guys from Metron posting a few images, little teasers as well. And uh, you know, we, we we like to check in with you when you when you start laying some foundation over there. When you start, uh, well, well, see, well, there's another, maybe there's permits. Uh, there, was, there was there was oh yet another hiccup in the uh, the the plan filing because I took it upon myself to investigate the possibility of solar. Yes. 
And after two weeks of going back and forth with the sober, I've scrapped the idea. And that's done nothing but put the papers behind again. Why so scrap it? It seems like a good idea. It's just well, not it working. seemed like a great idea, except for the fact that when I moved to Texas, I didn't take note of the fact that there's no solar on any house out here. For me. I haven't seen solar on one house. Why? Now in California, it's completely different. Yeah. And out here, I, I, I can't understand it, except for the fact that in my certain situation, the benefit that I was looking for for solar was to be able to bank the power and to use it in my main house. Yeah. Just in case, so that I could be off the grid, just in case, God forbid, something happened, lightning storm, you know, I'm in the middle Yeah, of get the battery backups, keep them charged, get at least, a, you know, 12 hours or whatever of power. That's, yeah. Yes, Why? then I have to retrofit my, my existing house and connect the two mm-hmm. and then buy the batteries to be able to bank the power. Correct? Yeah. No, I'm, I don't know. I arguably say I'm a quarter mile away from where my garage is going to be. So <laughs> God only knows what that's going to cost me running something under the ground that consists of 98% rock. So, I mean, what I'm doing is what we do in a microcosm with our cars. One thing ends up leading to another. Yeah. We, we make one decision and then we're like, oh, well, that area is taken care of, but there's an assisting area that also needs to be addressed. Right. You know, so, I mean, it's just a continual process. So I came to the point yesterday where I sent the last email to Metro and I said, listen, do not. And I repeat, do not let me make any more alterations (laughs) to this because I'm driving myself crazy. I'm lobotomizing myself and I have no one to blame, but myself because I, you know, you only you only get to do it once, right? right? And so I want to make sure every you guys are going through the same thing, and these are yeah. issues that everybody has, whether it's buying a building a house or a dog house. You want to do it right the first time, so you don't have to go back. So you know, there's so many things to cover on on a structure like that that houses that many vehicles. You guys know, you and Crow are doing it, you know, in real time also. So it's just you want to get it done right. But at the same time, you want a damn thing started because it can't be finished until it started. Yeah. So why uh, to to delay your an answer? I'm still in. Why I'm still in? Uh, in in planning mode, still permit I'm, filing, I'm still paperwork in mode. Suspended animation is what I'm in. Why do you think people in the area, and I don't know if it's statewide, community wide, city wide. Why is it that no one else is running solar? Is it is it a is it a permit issue, know. a tax issue? Is it a is it? There are so many incentives a- out here for it. And, and in all honesty, you know, uh, looking at a fifteen thousand square foot structure and and the way they proposed it, I mean, it wasn't that huge of an investment to begin with. Yeah, it's just it's just again, it's more more building and more plant. I mean, I, I, I've had enough. I've, I've just completely had enough. I, I can't take any more delays at the end of the, at the end of the day, the, the, the benefit I think is going to, isn't going to be enough for me to push it another two weeks, another month, you know, to get more plans drawn up. I, I've continued to make this thing lobotomizing to begin with. So um, it was my idea. I came up with it two, three weeks ago. <laughs> And so I have no one to blame but myself. But, you know, again, yeah, um, I don't know. I can't answer uh, the question as to why there's no solar out here. I really don't know whether it's right. schools Just- or whether it's businesses or whether it's 
you know, homeowners, I don't know. They're, the incentives are huge. And the sunlight, I mean, my God, we're going on the seventh day above uh, 100 degrees. So, um, yeah. Got plenty of sun. I don't, I don't know. That's kind of interesting. I'd be curious to look into that a little bit more. I'm, I'm wondering why uh, more people haven't done it, you know, and, and look, I mean, I not, not to beat around the bush, but where you live and the surrounding homes are, you know, there's some wealthy people in that area. So it seems like some of them have considered this type of investment before going, hey, we've got a lot of square footage. It's hot as hell out here. You know, the cost to keep everything cool with air conditioning must be a fortune. So why why not take advantage of, of if you're saying there are incentives, you know, state or citywide, you know, uh, I wonder what it is that's that's going on. I wonder if it was like something that was done on all these houses back in the day where the cost of retrofitting doesn't make sense or 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 what? I it's 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 an interesting thing. I mean, it's not really correlated for us, but cuz we're going off on this, but um it's just kind of kind of kind of interesting uh to do yeah, that. Listen, weird. I don't I, I don't there's nothing that points to an answer. I, I don't have in, any answer in, in California, they're they're starting to make it almost mandatory. I think I think new builds, if you build something new, uh, a residential place at least in Santa Monica, uh, it's a requirement. It has to have it. There's, really? there's not going to be uh, – Santa Monica was one of the first to say, yeah, yeah if you're going to build a new house, the, you got to have it. you got to have some solution. So, um, I don't know what the rules are completely if, let's say, a new house has to have solar or has to have batteries. Or both. Yeah. Because there is a version I mean, of the grid charges your batteries, and then uh-oh. when you need to, you can use the batteries, let's say, at night or whatever, and then it recharges. So it does kind of lessen the blow, if you will. Also, keep in mind that California's uh, infrastructure out here, we have no way of of capturing large amounts of power. So if everybody out here got solar – and we sold back energy to to the state. They got no place to put it. They have to yeah. sell it off to Arizona or whatever, right? So they have to, <laughs> to do all that. But uh, uh, so their system is super antiquated as well. Anyway, my point was well, speaking of Arizona was uh, now that I got the registration in, um, I qualify for the collector car insurance. And as I told you guys, I've got catalytic converters and all that stuff on it, and I kept all the emission stuff. But it is registered emissions exempt, so I don't have to fuss with it. Um, and uh, no front license plate in Arizona, which is nice. I love that. And the new registration, because the truck is 25 years old, I can register it's it five years. Bucks. I got it five years in advance, and it's like 185 bucks. And even when you get personalized plates and you pay the fee, five years personalized plates, emissions exam is like 300 bucks. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, so got that done, plates in the mail, um, ready to go on that. And you're right, during this, during this uh, downtime, if you will, away from the truck, uh, of course, it's local, so I was able to visit it and take pictures and check in with them and and all that was uh, allowed me to 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 focus on getting the you know getting the BMW M3 dialed in, getting it ready to to sell. Um, I just dropped it off at uh, uh, at uh, the body shop guy. There was just two small things. There was um there was a little tiny uh, ding on the on the trunk lid. 
um, I don't know, just when it was in storage or somebody rested something on it. Who knows what? But just the paintless dent repair guy is just going to knock that out. It's very, very subtle, but I can see it and it bugs me. So I'm doing that. Um, and I guess what's pretty common on these cars is when, they, when they're when they outside and get a lot of sun, the, um, the, the gasket, the black trim piece around the front windshield sort of deteriorates and gets a little gummy and sticky and, and whatnot. The windshield is fine. And it's the original BMW glass, uh, so they're gonna they're gonna scrape off that seal and put a new BMW piece in there that we ordered up, and uh, uh, and then small that, detail, that's it. big 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 difference when it's done. Yeah, it'll 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 look good. I just wanted to to get it cleaned up as much as possible. I, I want somebody to buy the best version of this M3 that I can make for them. Um, you know, so we'll. we'll we should get that back in a, in a couple of days. And, you know, I, I've been driving it a little bit and man, it's fast. <laughs> the, that engine just screams, man, that thing hauls, but, and, uh, you know, so it's going to look good. It's going to run good. Um, I would like to, I don't know if I have to do anything else mechanically on it. It seems like it's all pretty dialed in. Um, I, I, it sat for a few weeks. I had, I had to put a new battery in it. So that's new. Um, I'd like to get it over onto the dyno. We've just been struggling with uh, scheduling that done just so I can get you guys, uh, you know, a nice rear wheel horsepower number uh, to to go with uh, with the sale of this thing. And then it should be good to go. It's, it just turned 27,000 miles. It's basically new, runs great. Uh, so that'll be that'll be kind of the, that'll be kind of the next step. Um I'm waiting for some dyno numbers myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It should be, should, I would think within the week. We got the KW suspension in from Germany during the coronavirus. Nice. Issue. So um, finally got that in, got that installed. Those guys, that, man, Mario gets that stuff in, and he, he's got a fire under his ass. He yeah. put that stuff in in a couple hours. Yeah, he's like, but, enough uh, taking up my lift over here. Let's get this car out of here. <laughs> yeah, I need another one. <laughs> get another one in there. Uh, but, um, yeah, and I talked to Savaggio. We got HRE throwing some wheels on it, and nice. uh, he still won't tell me what the scheme's going to look like. So, you know, here's another issue with getting cars done. When you put it in someone else's hands to be creative right yeah. at the end, you have it, it increases your anticipation. You have absolutely no one. He asked me what finish on the wheels from HRE, and I said, well, I, how the hell am I going to make that determination when I don't even know what it's going to look like? You pick them up. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a good point. Doing the aesthetics, uh, you know, of the car, and I mean, I've got a rudimentary idea what it's going to look like, but I'm in the dark. So that's another caveat of having stuff done. It's it's like Christmas. I I, I called him and offered to buy their Mustang convertible, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, um, yeah, let me let me run it by the guys, and I'll get back to you." I, I crickets, crickets, crickets. I don't think he liked my number or something. I don't know what it was, but that was a badass car. I probably don't need it. Probably shouldn't get it. But uh, uh, if you want to do it for the BMW, I, it really would. And to tell you the truth, is is like uh, I don't know. A supercharged Mustang with an automatic transmission sounds boring, but now it's like it sounds so easy. I could drive that thing so easy every day. And now I'm kind of like, eh, I don't really need it. I probably shouldn't get it. But if he called and said yes, I'd do it. I would do it. <laughs> In a second, I would do the deal. Um, Speaking of your Dodge, summertime is the best time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle because Dodge Power Dollars means you get a guaranteed discount. The math is simple. You get $10 off based on the total horsepower of your new Dodge vehicle. 
And that applies to every 2020 Challenger, every 2020 Durango, and every 2020 Charger. So if you want to get the most out of your horsepower this summer, this is the way to do it. With $10 off for each horsepower, that means you can hop into a Dodge Charger SRT Scat Pack. It has 485 horsepower, so you'll get $4,850 off. And this summer, Power Dollars is back on the Dodge Durango as well. So no matter where the summer takes you, the Dodge Durango is here to make every trip this season a breeze. So get more power and get more off. It's that simple. So hurry into your local Dodge dealer now to take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. So let's Uh, keep it in the family. Yeah, right. Um, Speaking of. This week, TRX. uh, TRX coming soon, right? When's the announcement? 17th? 17th. 17th. The the Ram TRX, which is arguably the Raptor competitor, um, I'm assuming, we're all assuming, some sort of Hellcat engine in it, you know? Uh, I think, which is the way... Listen, if they drop 707 horsepower into that truck, <laughs> I don't see how the next Raptor isn't V8 supercharged. It has to be, unless they stay along their course, you know. I mean, they have had a certain mode of operandi the whole time, right? Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see how they they respond. Yeah. Look, if they do that, at least it mixes it up. The Gen 1 Raptor would be naturally aspirated V8, and then we go to twin turbo 6, and then to supercharge V8. I just love the I love the idea of the competitiveness of that. I I can't Absolutely. wait to have Alistair Weaver here in the studio going, "Oh yeah, we took a TRX and a new V8 supercharged Raptor out and put can't those wait. things head to head and but have the them go." The problem is we've been waiting that for, waiting for that for 10 years. So let's see if <laughs> we'll when see. they bring this thing out if, if it if it makes us forget about it not coming out at the proper time. All right. Well, in you know, the meantime, that, 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 and that's from my that's from my perspective because you know I've been begging for this damn thing for a long time. And the truck's exciting. What do you got? Seven of them on order? <laughs> well, no, just one. One will be enough. One will be enough. Uh, we we mentioned the Durango. We were talking about the SRT Hellcat. Uh, uh, I believe it's coming in at 710 horsepower in the Durango. But now we have some pricing information. It's going to be eighty one thousand dollars as a base, and. Uh, <laughs> And then from That's there, be interesting. From from there, so if you got an all-wheel drive SRT model, the difference between that and the Hellcat is eighteen grand. That's what you're paying for all the little, not just the suspension, whatever the brake, the engine suspension, the brakes, and the interior treatments, and all that yeah. stuff that you can uh, you can get for it. Um, you can option it up with a few things that uh, I don't. You don't necessarily need. You can get DVD players for the back. You can get a, a you know red upholstery upgrades, sunroof, trailer tow package. Uh, you get the racing stripes, which I actually don't even really like it with the racing stripes. I think it just looked better all one color. Um, you can get all season tires if you want, uh, and you can get it up to about ninety five grand fully loaded, which I think puts you right around that track hawk. Uh, the Jeep Trackhawk territory. Maybe the Trackhawk can knock on the door of you know a hundred thousand. Um, but anyway, that's that's where you're at. you you want you want five people. You get a Trackhawk. You want seven people. You get a Durango, or maybe you just like the look of one over the other. Who knows? But anyway, I just wanted to give you guys that pricing information. 
Do we have any idea, Bill, on the pricing of the TRX? Do we have sort of a ballpark of where this is going to be? We don't know. No, I mean, we can guesstimate. We can guess. I mean, if you're in the Raptor range, you're in the 60 to 70 range, I guess, somewhere 65 grand. Maybe it's going to be a premium with the big engine. Yeah, I don't see it being any more than that, unless you get it fully loaded. But I I think they're going to be very competitive pricing-wise. Well, if it's... If it's any comparison, we're saying eighty-one grand is the starting price. Eighty thousand nine ninety-five is the starting price of the Durango Hellcat. You know, so yeah, I don't, uh, I, I don't see it being up there. Yeah, I, I think it's going to come in a little less. I, yeah, it can't. I, I don't know if it's going to have a six in front of it, but I think it'll have a seven. You know, it could be seventy-one thousand, could be seventy-seven thousand. I just, you know, I don't see it having an eight though. I don't see it having an eight. I'm sure you could get it with an eight. Well, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah but I just think I just think I think the base price is going to be a little less than that. Um, uh, all right, so let's let's go ahead and wrap things up. I'm going to put a little more seat time on the on, on the lightning and give you guys a little bit more feedback. I'll post some pictures up on uh, on social media as well. The guys at Galpin gave me a call while I was sitting here, so now I'm concerned because I was like, I'm literally going into the studio right now. To talk about it. They're going to come back and be like, that's not your truck. You took the wrong lightning. Hey, you know, who, who knows what? Uh, or he's going to be like, you forgot to pay your bill on the way out. So uh, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll get into that more uh, next week. Later this week on CarCast, Adam's coming in the studio. We're going to guys give you, give you guys a recap of the Laguna Seca weekend driver appreciation day, bringing the different drummer 510 up there, like shaking it down. It was a lot of fun. Great group. Uh, we ran into a few small issues, but it ended up working out well. So we'll get into all of that uh, uh, next week. Look at the sun out there, man. It's bright. No, hold on. There's, I'm babysitting Bob. Oh, Bob, the tiny bird. <laughs> Look, he's, he's right back there. Yeah. Oh, I see him. I see him. Bob's a bird he found. That is why he's Yeah, we're going to have to let him go here in a couple of days when he can fly, man. So, you know, you got to save those little things. Yeah, he's not going to leave. Yeah, he's well, not going to leave. Smarty, he, he's, if he's smart, he won't. He, he gets fed by Wanda, and he's got like a little house. He's by gonna... Wanda, by me every five minutes, too. Give me a break. <laughs> well, like you, but, but you don't post it. She does. <laughs> yes, I don't post it, no. Uh, all right, buddy. Thanks a lot, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Another word from our friends at Geico. Right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's 15% on top of the money Geico could already be saving you. So what are you waiting for? You could be saving money as well. There's never been a better time to switch to Geico than now. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit geico.com to learn more.